Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. It's good to be here and it's good to see you this morning as we continue with our journey through the Bible. And today we find ourselves in chapter 4 of... First Peter. For those who have uh, probably joined us, you know, we began this a few months ago, probably last year. The Apostle Peter here is uh, speaking to a people who have gone through a lot of suffering, a lot of heartaches, a lot of... Um, Part of it is suffering for the sake of Christ. As we read in history at that time, with the emperor who was ruling at the time, Emperor Nero, he did many horrible things to the believers. He, he didn't like the growth of the church. He didn't like what was happening with the believers and with the church and their proclamation. Like, how can there be another person in charge, who is not me, you know? And so he thought, you know, his uh, emperorship was in trouble and someone is about to do it. But nonetheless, he didn't want the Christianity to grow. So he would frustrate them. So he would, uh, you know, literally burn them on the post to die. What he did, he poured tar on them poured on people, and he hung them, hung them on the posts, especially around his town and around his home. And this is what he did. Light them, tied them up there, and he took his horse at night when he was naked, <laughs> a weird fella, and he would go around them and shout, that they are the light of the world. <laughs> what a horrible man. Say, hey, they are the light of the world as he's lighting a torch on them and see them burning. See them burning. That was horrible. And, you know, many other Christians, they were in deep trouble. And so he writes to these people who are persecuted and they are going through a lot of trouble in back then. And are we, where we find ourselves here again, continues to talk about suffering. <laughs> it says, therefore, in chapter 4, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Therefore, 
This is what he wants us to do. Okay? Considering that we are not just going through the suffering for the sake of it, or it is not actually a new thing that is happening, okay? Our Lord Jesus Christ went through this. So think about it. He was a man who walked without sin. He lived, and yet he suffered all these things. So what about you and I? What about you? And so he says, get the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. As he was suffering, he did not tell these people like, hey, you guys don't know who you're messing with. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing with. This is Christ. This is Jesus, the maker of the earth you're messing with. I have the ability to open up the earth and you guys will be swallowed and I will make new people. No problem. He can do that. But when he was reviled, he did say what? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because most of the times when we go through trials and temptations in our lives, we complain a lot and we say things that we ought not to say. We're being encouraged to think, think like him, think like Jesus. Because we are mortal men. But let's try as much as we can, strive for holiness. Says, be ye holy as I am holy. You're not going to attain that by saying, hey, I am holy. No, you work it out day after day. So arm yourself using a military term. Arm yourself. You guys have watched those military movies, right? When they're out of the camp and, you know, the guns are thrown for them and they get ready that when the enemy comes, they, the, the point is they don't want to die. <laughs> so they, they have to defend themselves at every cost. Man, it's, it's awesome handling a gun. I probably should work and have a lot of money and buy one. <laughs> we feel secure with them, right? I say, arm yourself also with the same mind. Knowing that Christ suffered when he, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he looked at the heart of people, the heart of men, who was singing Hosanna, Hosanna. He knew for a fact that they will sing today and after a few, they're going to say, crucify him. Looking at their hearts, he cried. Say, can, can this cup pass? Was speaking in the flesh. Can this go away? But say, nonetheless, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Can we go through a hard situation, hard times in life, and say, hey, God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Or will complain about it many times. That is our tendency. But let's, let's wear the heart of God in this regard. 
for the person. Can you, are you able to kill a dead man? You're not a hero when you kill, when you strike a dead lion. You're not a hero. A dead man is a dead man. If I am dead to sin, I am dead to sin. Those desires, they should go out the window. The desire of Christ in my life should be exalted to the point where if I see flesh coming, I know it. And I can run away from it from a distance. I'll see it and know this is the flesh. I'm not going to entertain it. Why? Because I am killing the flesh every day. Some of us are working so hard to maintain the status of the flesh every day so that I can maintain the life out there and have a form of godliness when I meet with people who profess Christianity. I want both lives. A dead man is a dead man. You're killing a dead man, you're making a fool of yourself. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the last of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. We did the will of the Gentile, the people who have no regard for Christ. And what happened when we walked in lewdness or lasciviousness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Man, we did all these things, especially this part of um, lasciviousness, basically meaning, you know, sexual impurities with no boundaries. When he was writing this, he didn't know what would become of our world today. Because there's no boundaries when it comes to sexuality. People want to believe what they want to believe. They all, well, I am a man trapped in a woman's body. I am, leave those nonsense. If you're a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. Nothing changes that fact. Sexual impurities with no boundaries. We see this everywhere. In, in, in our commercials, someone is selling a car, there's a sexual image with it. Selling men's lotions, there is sexual images with it. Even food, everything, everything. You wonder where our morals disappeared from 
But we know because we once lived like those people. Revelries, these are people who wander in the village through the night. Those people, they, they don't have things to do. <laughs> Wachawi. They practice Wachawi. Drinking parties. Before you got born again, that was the order of the day. From this club to the next, this to the next. I probably think in Eldoret we have more drinking parties than any other town. <laughs> we have lounges everywhere. Two, three years back, you, you'd hear a word lounge and it was, which one is that? You know, but nowadays it's everywhere. Lounge, 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 lounge. <laughs> Even a kiosk for Mamamboga, you will put a bench and it will be a lounge. <laughs> Everything is launch, launch, launch. Why? Because people are just having parties. Having parties. They're having a good time of their lives. <laughs> they think so. Isn't it weird when you are out of that life and you see what is happening with them? Here the Bible says that in regard to this, to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. I love what the King James says. The King James Version says in, uh, in verses 4, wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them in the same excess of riot. <laughs> I mean, so when you guys were still drinking and partying and having all these orgies at night, whatever guys, whatever things you guys were having, they think you're boring today. They, they, they liked you when there was no sense in your head. They liked you when you were drunk. They liked you when you were sexually perverted. They liked you when you dished out your money anyhow. They liked you that way. When you start to think straight, you do things, you're responsible. They don't like you. They hate you. What a wicked world. I don't know if they hate you. My friends hated me because when I was drunk, I was funny when I was drunk. Very funny. I think I should do a little bit for, <laughs> to be funny again. <laughs> now, they hate you. Why? Because you do the things they used to do. Drinking, partying all night and doing all this sort of things, and now they hate you. They don't understand you. Like, we, we don't understand these Christians. <laughs> I had, uh, Joe was teaching, and th there was a guy in his church, Joe Ford. And there's a guy who was always partying and 
you know, he was out and about doing, fulfilling the desires of his heart from this town, from this state to the other with his wife. And his wife liked it that way. You know, he would get drunk and come and, you know, dish out money. <laughs> and then when he got born again, now they have a lot of money. He's not drinking and he's not going to these parties. He's now not traveling from state to state having these parties. He's at home with his wife. And then his wife filed for divorce. Why? Because he doesn't like it. I mean, people of the world don't get it. They don't get it. I'm becoming responsible and you hate it. <laughs> you hate me for being responsible. They speak evil of you. But don't mind about them because this is what the Bible says. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. They will give an account. That time will come. And we, we cannot lie to ourselves as people do. Say, hey, well, whatever you do in the flesh does not really matter. So enjoy as much as you can. Enjoy as much as you can. Because when you die, life ceases. There's nothing else. So people tend to be very immoral. As they say here in our country and in our town here, that a single man, a single woman, they can be single for three years and they're having sex daily. No problem. Wickedness, lewdness. They will give an account. That day will come. Everyone will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Those who are dead in their iniquities, those who are dead in their sinful lives. This gospel was preached and it's still preached today. That is, when you're hearing God's word, what are you going to do with it? You're going to just leave it? Think that, yeah, that was profound, that was nice. And then you go about doing your own things, your own will, fulfilling your own desires. This gospel is preached. Bible calls them the dead. They are dead men, men and women. This is what Paul wrote in Romans. For what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace might abound? Certainly not. And how should we live? How should we? Who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Suddenly, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For we who died have been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also recon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a profound statement from the Apostle Paul that we who are dead to sin, how can we live as those who have not received the grace of God? No, we cannot continue sinning so that the grace of God will abound. Certainly not. As he rose from the dead and lives, so likewise, those of us who were dead to sin, we are alive to good works in Christ Jesus. Not saved by our good works, but saved unto good works for the glory of God. We love going back to our sin because they are quite interesting for a moment. The reason why we will go back to them is because we like them. But those who died to the flesh and are alive through the Spirit of God. I mean, the, the fruit of what, of their life should be evident. We look at you and we see Christ-likeness in you. We don't see the arrogant guy who used to party and call people names and, you know, Whatever has died, let it die. Don't bring it to life. It will cost you. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. So you do what? Be Watchful. In other words, pray and watch. Pray and watch. Why? Because the works of the flesh, 
They are always at the door knocking. They want to come and do something. They want to come again. They want to do the, the, the things you used to do, the things you liked to do. They want to come full. So he says, hey, be, you guys be serious. <laughs> the Bible is saying, you and I, let us be serious. And do what? Pray and watch. Some of us, we, even, we, we barely pray if it's not for food. Even if you, but when you're alone, you, all, you won't even pray. <laughs> that means most of our prayers, they are for public. Okay. Because we are many, so let me unleash these vocabularies. How will they know that I'm born again if I don't use sanctify in my prayer line? Back to sender. <laughs> no. Whatever you want to use, many of them are for public. Don't be like the Pharisees. Jesus said, who will go to the city squares and bubble these words, heavy words. Man, you guys have never attended prayer meetings other places, ain't you? Everyone with their corner. Going with... Like, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's war. They call it warfare. It's warfare. Of course, we are always in this warfare. But we fight. You, you don't fight physically. You get tired quickly. And they, he'll bring you down. Pray. Pray and watch. Don't come to a point in life where you think you have prayed enough and you don't need prayers again. You need to pray every day, every time, every minute of your life. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. That is brotherly love that we have talked about. For love will cover a multitude of sin. Now, I have discovered that we like this idea when our sins are covered, but not the next person. When it's the next person, we want to make sure it's out there in the open. And people will gather in two, three, four, five groups and like, the, the way they will approach the issue, you will think it's very spiritual. Like, hey, Brother Ben really needs prayers. He really needs prayer. Have you seen what he's done? Do you know what is going on? And they're, they're starting up to open some backbiting statements, saying words they, they're not supposed to say. We're gathering. By the way, when you gather, gather in the name of the Lord. Amen. Don't gather in the name of people and starting to tear them apart. You've discovered this brother or this sister has this weakness and what you're doing is going and tearing them apart. Think about it. If Jesus was to do that with us, 
Like you do that, like you're apart. You're torn apart. None of us would have been here. But think about him. He's been so gracious to you and I. In our Christian life, there are so many things we have done, so foolish, so silly. <laughs> but he's not piling them. And he will open them on Christmas Day as a gift for you. Hey, voila! See the things you've been doing the whole year. It doesn't do, it doesn't do that. His love has covered so many things for us. There are moments you will see things and you'll have to confront them. There are moments you'll have to talk about things. There are moments you will say nothing about it, go into your closet and pray about it. If you cannot call those people and talk to them about it or pray for them, then don't make an assembly for them. They didn't ask for it. But if you love, you'll have this attitude of Christ. You will love and it will cover. It will cover. It's not like now these people is continually sinning and we want to cover them. No. Be hospitable. Verses 9. Be hospitable. Or use hospitality one to another without grudging. Without grumbling. If you're choosing to be hospitable, don't do things and then when people are, have left like, hey, see, my potato chips are gone. My sausages are finished. My meat is gone. My unga, I don't have unga anymore. And the prices are up there. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to be hospitable to people, please don't. You don't want to be hospitable to people, and then when they leave, you start to say words in your heart. Like, look at these people. Now I have to wash the floor. That is typical, right? Now I have to wash the floor. I have to do the dishes. I have to do this. I have to. We are complaining over all these things. If you don't want to do them, if you want your peace of mind, okay, leave alone, okay? That if the floor is to be mopped, you know it's your own fault, okay? Don't do that. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given every one of you a gift. I don't know what your gift is, but God has graced you with a gift. Some has this hospitality in big measure. <laughs> Some has the gift of teaching. Some can, you know, sing and do whatever you do. Do it as you um, use it to minister to one another. Minister to one another. If it's encouragement, we have people who have the gift of encouragement. They will talk to you 
And you feel like this thing that I thought was the whole world on my shoulder, it has disappeared. Why? Because we have people who have gifts. There are people who, they, they probably don't have the gift of encouragement, but they talk to you, they lighten up your day. It's like, yo, we are always happy to see so-and-so, but they lighten up our days. You see their faces and, yeah, we want to smile. And other people, you see their faces like, yeah, see you, <laughs> you know. Whatever gifting God has given to you, use it for the sake of Christ to edify one another. If anyone speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone minister, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So this ministry that we do, if the Lord does not supply, please do not send it. Do not call yourself into the ministry that God has not called you. And we have seen it. those who have called themselves, they will use the Bible for their own material gain. Because they don't have any other way to manipulate people. So what they do, they, use, they, they read their thoughts into their Bible and they read it out to you. So you think, ah, he just read the Bible. He just read the Bible. And then when he's done, like, I feel the Spirit of God saying, he better say it to me, oh, me too, okay? I, I, I feel the Spirit of God saying, there are 17 men and women in this place who will give $100. And you bring them to the feet of the apostle. If, if the Lord is sending me to give you money, he has to be clear. He has to tell me first before he tells you. I mean, think of how we have belittled God. We have belittled God to be an agent of money. So this God of yours is always interested in your, my money. <laughs> the world is his. What is your money? What is your money to him? Money is here to help us do things, you know. Help us be comfortable around here when we are listening to God's word and have life, buy food for ourselves, cater for our own families. Don't, don't get into that pyramid scheme. It is always one man at the top. The rest of you guys, you're poor, but you're giving money constantly. You think about it. You give money every time, but you don't have. But he, he doesn't give you money, but he has money every time. Mathematical problem. We have mathematical problem in our heads too. We don't think straight, okay? Let God's word help us to minister straight. If God doesn't say it, don't say it. If God doesn't tell me to tell you something, I'll gladly shut my mouth. Because the more I open my mouth to say the things I didn't, he didn't tell me, I am actually creating more trouble for myself. For you teachers, who teaches things that are not right in the end? 
your judgment shall be greater. I don't want to do things he's not told me to do. If I'm praying for you, I am praying that God's will be done to you. According to his will, not according to how I am praising him. I am twisting the arm of God like, hey, can you just heal this one so that my name will be great right here? You know what? That is what people are trying to do. God, can you? So that my name will be great. Whatever God has given to you, use it for his glory. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't think this thing is strange, by the way. Whatever we are going through today, know it from the scripture that it's not news. Many other people in the past have gone through it. Many did overcome those temptations. So, when they come, he says, you do what? Count it a blessing. Count it a blessing that you're going through all these troubles and trials. I know it's hard. How do you count it a blessing when you're losing everything you ever wanted in this life? You've lost your job. You've lost your husband, your wife, your children. You've lost things. That is why the, the world gets mad at us, because they don't understand us. <laughs> they don't understand the fact that you're having joy in the middle of trouble when you're supposed to be complaining. And this is what they will tell you. If that God of yours is able, why did he leave this thing to happen to you? They're starting to mocking you. They're mocking you, starting to say, hey, if you're born again and you're going through this, you barely have food in your house. Can you just renounce this God, go about life, and do other things? He doesn't care about you. That is the message of the world. But what is God's message? That don't think it is strange. Don't think it is strange that is happening to you. It is not a new thing. It's been there before. When it comes, he says a very wonderful statement here. Say, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when the glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Why? Because you are a partaker of that. <laughs> exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. <laughs> they reproach you for the sake of Christ. Blessed are you 
For the spirit of the glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed. But on your part, he's glorified. They think, oh, this God, he, he doesn't care about you. But on your part, you know that he's glorified. He's lifted up. What a wonderful God. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody, busybody in other people's matters. In other words, in this verse it says, don't poke your nose in people's business. Okay? Mind your own business. You don't have business to mind? Find one. <laughs> if he, don't suffer as a murderer. And do you know what James says? The murderers, those who hate. <laughs> this is not those who kill with the machete. This is those who hate. You hate your brother, or your sister, you're a murderer. Don't suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, as a busybody. <laughs> you know, busybody, there are people who transport information from one place to another without the consent of the other. Shoo, shoo, 411. Oh. Hey, let me tell you. I don't know about this thing with transporting information with clapping hands. I don't know the connection. It makes it more interesting. Hey, hey, Ewo, let me tell you. It's even worse when a man does it. <laughs> a man clapping his hands so that he starts doing this. Man, you, des you deserve some 15 punches on your face. The Bible is simply telling us to mind our own business. If you are to be busy, be busy doing God's work. Don't be a person who is, you know, you see something and like, hi, did, did you see them in church today? Did you see their dress? Did you see their hair? Did you see their, this thing, the earring? <laughs> Did you see the pen they were using to write? I mean, people can be petty. You guys don't. People can be petty, like petty. His glasses, they're not even cool. <laughs> These things, they are to help people read, okay? They, whether they are cool or not, how is it your problem? <laughs> How does it increase your wisdom in life? It doesn't. No. The Bible says, get busy for him. Don't be a busybody doing your own things. Busybody transforming information to this, to this, this, to this. No. Yet if anyone suffer as a Christian, 
Let him not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed that you're suffering as a Christian. Remember that your Lord is aware. Your master is aware of all this. He says, as I welcome the worship team to come. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. <laughs> glorify God in that very matter. That matter that feels very shameful. No. Glorify God in it. How amazing is it that people will know that you're glorifying God in something that is so hurting. Something that in their eyes, you should denounce God. But in the eyes of God, you say, hey, can you praise me even when you're going through this? Can you go in your closet, raise up your hand and say, hey, you're worthy. The Lord will not force you to do that. But can you go in your closet and say, God, you're worthy. Whether I have this or I don't have this, you're still worthy. For the time has come, the judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinners appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God Commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Do good always. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved unto good works. I mean, you say that, that those who are believers, the righteous one. They're scarcely saved. What about those who do not know? What about them? So if you suffer according to the will of God, count it all as a blessing. Count it all as a blessing. I do not know what your struggles are. I do not know what you're going through. That weight on you, upon your shoulders, the weights in your heart, whatever it is, I would implore you to take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. He's mindful about you. He thinks about you. He knows you. If he can number the hair on your head, is that problem too big? If it's so big that the Lord cannot handle it, then it's, it's big. <laughs> you don't know how to call it. But trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Don't trust your own wisdom. 
your own judgment about things. Consult God. Consult God. Lord, we are thankful for this privilege. We are thankful for the opportunity that you have given to us to go through your word. We are thankful that you who is able to save us from our dead works, you have given us life and life in you. And so, Lord, we thank you as we continue worshiping you with our finances, Lord. Help us also to remember and to know that as we give, we are giving joyfully, as Paul writes. Whatever we have purpose in our hearts to give, that is what we give. We don't give grudgingly, but we give with joy and gladness. What we have purpose in our hearts to give, a portion that is glorifying to you. So as we do so in reverence to you, we pray that you bless our works and the things we do, our businesses, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718 See you next time.